Um, let's have a look at some some text messages, dude. We we they've been coming in thick and fast. Like people have been <laughs> loving love it. Well, they've 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 been opinionated on what we've been talking about. Let's start with the first one. It's not too often nowadays that I agree with the Chinese government, but on this one, I do agree. <laughs> okay. By the way, real cool. opium was bought brought into China by the British trading company, which nearly destroyed the company, uh, which nearly destroyed the country. So did gaming. It's like smoking. We now know it will be, uh, it will kill you and it still being sold worldwide. Wow. So. Westerners, surprise, surprise. Westerners bringing in destructive material. <laughs> yeah, dude. All right. Uh, let's read this next one. Don't forget that God also gave restrictions like the tree. They were restricted from eating for mm. their own good. We were talking about that. This is all in relationship to your story about the, the, uh, the gaming restriction yeah, happening sure. in China. Um, like, and the freedom safety spectrum. That's right. The freedom safety spe- spectrum. We, that's that you can even consider that a biblical thing mm. because you see God using it essentially. But he, and he also, and we're going to talk about it later on as well too, because he also, um, frees Israel. Mm-hmm. He gives them freedom, but freedom requires sacrifice. And then they're like, we don't want to make sacrifices. Send us back to slavery yeah, that's right. so that we don't have to deal with all this difficult freedom stuff. Yeah. Woo. So now that was a mind bomb, but okay. So now in, in our, in this situation, so the CCP is in the place of God. Well, well, yeah, they're trying to be. <laughs> they're trying to be. <laughs> they're trying to be. All right, let's keep reading through Which here. Which is probably deeper than we even want to get into. That's a quiet, a crazy Oh, yeah, yeah, that's that's Woo. that's really heavy. Man, we, I know some Chinese people we should get on the show, dude. Get that, on. that would be epic. All right, China has it right with gaming. Um, gaming is just as destructive as opium dens and much more insidious as it has no immediate side effects. That was from Whoa. Stuart, bro. He's dropping bombs here. We are getting some bombs dropped. He also said, we may not agree with their restrictions, but long-term, they have given their nation a big favor. In gaming. In in the Apparently. in the area of gaming. Yes, yes, by restricting it. Yeah. Interesting. Well, this comes to argument. Like, should you have the freedom to choose whether or not you use a substance or um, an action or a material mm. or a thing? Or should the government put those restrictions on it and yeah and we've got different countries with different governments and we've got different you know impact all over the world and uh you know you could very much i I don't want to but you could very much bring this conversation into the covid space in australia (laughs) it's really there it's really really there we haven't talked about how much should a government restrict for your safety like, that's really the question. Yeah, that's right. It's getting hot. But, getting hey, heavy. if you got an opinion, 0491-064-69-669 is the number to call or text. We haven't taken the step into COVID yet on, on the show today, <laughs> which has been for maybe the first time in a, at least a couple weeks. Um, we're just dipping our toes. But we're just dipping our toes. If you have something to say, though, please send us a text message. All right. Oh. Some, some stuff on Afghanistan here. Afghanistan, a sad historical event. 20 years of effort disappeared in one week. Imagine being a woman, a young girl, or a Christian, or anyone 
who worked for the Americans in Afghanistan today, you so would painful. be in abject fear. God help them because the world probably won't. Amen. May the Oof. Lord be with them. I, I totally mean that in all seriousness. And what Dave was talking about, survivor guilt, that's mm. happening to a lot of the boys that I know who have come back yeah, that's from right. Afghanistan, and they're alive when some of their mates didn't make it back. Yeah, because even in, like, the last days, like, you know, you had that suicide bombing. Like, it's terrible stuff. People, people are still losing their lives. People everywhere. are still losing lives. It, uh, Afghanistan is the graveyard of empires. Empires go into Afghanistan, and nothing good comes from it. And it's... <laughs> Very, very wild, wild Heavy. times. Heavy. Um, oh, I got a, I got a fan text message here. <laughs> Shout out Brett. He wrote an epic work on Faith Event Breakfast Show. Good to hear your voice, bro. <laughs> you shout out the fans hey, of, of, of Blake Penland joining us on the Brecky Show this morning. You know what we need you to do? You know what would be really awesome? Send you know, in some memes, bro. You, you, you know what? <laughs> no, not Brett. You, Blake. Oh, what so, do I do? so when I was kind of first in the Faith of M sphere, you know, I'd come in and, and fill in. But then I would get sent to, like, different events and do correspondence reporting. Oh. And I know that we can't do much ground. of that right now, but... That would be epic. I could go to Dab my it. living room. Dab it. <laughs> I even to the kitchen. Yo, I'm free to move from those two places. That's right. But I'd love, a, I'd love a future situation where we've got Blake going around to places and be like, "Yo, this is this is Blake Spitz live reporting, <laughs> live reporting <laughs> on the scene." Yeah, uh, I don't know how, but we don't know when that will ever actually happen because yeah. of the situation that we're currently in, sadly. Yeah. But um, I can pretend I'm good at make-believe. Yeah. So <laughs> I can do a lot of interviews with my daughter while I'm doing homeschool <laughs> with her during these lockdowns. Be like, yeah, got- what are your thoughts, daughter, on this? Dude, <laughs> Little that- Misper. Whoa, yeah. that's a section right there. Kids, kids <laughs> Misper's thoughts. thoughts. <laughs> uh, you do not want to know her thoughts about the lockdown. She is very oh. upset about not being able to see her friends. Oh, true. I hear it every, every and probably night. like it's so sad. Because she, she plays hockey, right? Is she like... No, no. Hockey. Not hockey. She's just staring at uh, staring at bodies of water that are unfrozen, dreaming for cold weather. That's well. Hey, we're going into the first day of spring. Sorry, <laughs> Sorry not going to happen, darling. Sorry. <laughs> All right. Hey yeah. guys. Also, just wanted to promote. If you guys had any questions of the day, we've been running through our backlog, but we're coming to an end. If you have a question of the day, zero four nine one zero six four six six nine is the number to call. I believe we've already gotten. Uh, we're already getting some in. Hey. Also, uh, we have another text message here from Brayden. So on the day that Lyle is the, uh, is. Um, the um is a way we don't talk about COVID. Mm. Just kidding. Hope Lyle is doing <laughs> well. We kind of talked about it, we, to, we, to, but not not all the way. Yeah, not all the way. Right. We're just we're giving Lyle and the COVID conversation a break. That's right. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. Because we're letting it rest. We need rest. That's right. This is a perfect segue, segue. right here. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, we're experiencing a high Sabbath right now from <laughs> Lyle and COVID on the breakfast show. Um, Poor Lyle. And we're going to be talking about that in our Bible study. So, you know what? Let, let's just jump into it. Let's I'm open ready. up to uh, Exodus chapter 19 and verse 6. That's the first place we're going to go um, in our Bible studies. Today's Bible study is entitled In Our 20 Million Movement, um, The Stranger in Your Gates. Whew. Now, that is a direct reference from the 
Sabbath commandment. Mm-hmm. But we're going to gain a little bit of perspective first, see how this kind of all fits in, fits around, and then jump into what that actually means. Definitely and- some creepy vibes, i got to be honest. Right when I hear Stranger in My Gates, let's roll, baby. <laughs> let's- don't, don't, don't do this. <laughs> I know that's not the vibe, but when I hear it, I'm just automatically yeah, like, you, let's rock. You become an American. 100%. That's, that's when the, the eagle just <laughs> jumps out of my chest, my arms, and I start soaring into a patriotic <laughs> defense mode right there, you know? Right. So definitely you can take the American out of America, but you can't take the America out of an American. That's that's deep. That's we've got we've got fist bumps and, and head nods producer coming from bumps, the boom. producer. Yeah. But also I love Australia and that's why I live here. <laughs> awesome stuff. All right. Do you want to read for us Exodus chapter nineteen and verse six? Absolutely. I'm reading from the NLT here and you will be my kingdom of priests, my holy nation. This is the message you must give to the people of Israel. Ooh. Ooh, oh, intense. From the mouth of God right there. You're listening to Faith FM, positively different radio. So they, uh, they go through a bit of a career change right here. <laughs> like up until <laughs> this point, they've been... Slaves. Slaves. They've yeah. been, you know, in... Are they unemployed slaves? Because that I've always wondered, like, does that count as employment? Uh, slavery does not count to... So, so well, unemployed and slaves or unemployed slaves? No, they're just, they're just slaves. Just straight slaves. Yeah, well, because... Wow. Well, you can actually make that case for what would become Jewish slavery with the indentured service, right? True. That you they're, be- they're, that, their kind of slavery was way different yeah, than we what got, slavery has it's become. More servanthood. Um, what it represented was um, what it, what it represented for the for the Jews was yeah indentured service and servanthood as a response to debt. So basically, you'd go into debt to someone, you'd be a slave. So technically, that you're an employed slave because basically it was a choice. You could either become a fully in debt, you could become a beggar, and not and not do anything. Or you could go into indentured service to work, um, work through and out of your slavery. But um, yeah, right here they go through this big um, change. They go through this this really big change. Uh, sorry, we're just having some technical difficulties. We've only just come into this section, Shell. We need like nine minutes, right? Like. We, we've we've got a lot. We've got a the long time. The countdown timer is just <laughs> the countdown timer was like you have twelve seconds left. <laughs> like, wait, it's going wild. What is going on? All right, but we're we're back in the game right now. Okay, here we go. Sorry, we're, we're working that out, but we're we're good to go now. But this is the situation: is they've come out of extreme heavy slave conditions. generational slavery, yeah. the opposite of generational wealth. Okay, that's this right. Is, bad habits have been created. You're a slave. Your grandparents were slaves. Your great great grannies were slaves. You're a slave. That's the mindset. And they've had the the Red Sea experience, the let out of Egypt experience. They've seen the power of God work like in their community, in their lives, to literally save them. Mm-hmm. You know, to save them not from just just from slavery, which obviously has been achieved here, but to save their lives. God, and then God brings them out to the wilderness here, and and just after this section right here, they get the Ten Commandments, and God starts to rebuild them. As a society, but one of the the stipulations that God gives, and one of the roles that He gives to them to their societies, and now this is all of them. Of course, you had a class of priests; they were the Levites. But He says, "No, you are a royal nation of priests. Mm-hmm. Every single one of you, like you are all stepping up to the plate of being a priest." Now, 
I guess it would be it would be good to us for us to to consider maybe um, what exactly what exactly does that mean? Well, it definitely means you're not a slave. <laughs> you <laughs> yeah. know, like hey, welcome to a different lifestyle. Mm-hmm. I think also it's important to know that he's telling them this before he gives them the law, yeah. the law of love, which is a transcript of the character of God. Yeah. So he's basically saying, and, and a priest is basically, you know, someone who works in the tabernacle, works mm. in the sanctuary, and they are um, essentially a mediator in some ways right. between uh, humanity and divinity. Mm. And so what there's what he's saying is, I want you to be a kingdom of mediators so that you can connect wow. with people who are of the world and in the world mm. and bring them into the kingdom of heaven that yes. I have designed for them. So your job is no longer to serve uh, foreign gods and to serve foreign kings. Your job is to bring foreigners into mm. the kingdom. A, a priest was essentially a representative of the path to salvation. They're what we call a witness Mm -hmm. to that. And I love what you've just shared right there because it's essentially, you know, let's read it from the Bible because it actually in the New Testament recontextualizes this verse. I think it doesn't recontextualize it, but really fleshes it out. Let's go to 1 Peter chapter 2. Absolutely. Um, and verse nine, if you can get it there in front of us, Blake, I'd love to hear it from the, from the NLT. Um, but yeah, first Peter chapter two and verse nine, a direct quote from Exodus 19 and verse six, you know, uh, Peter right here, he's seeing the connections and he makes this point to the, those who would become Christians. And the context of this too is he's actually telling the people that you are the stones to build God's house. So you are the living stones to build the mm. community and the church of God. And then he says, but you are not like that. So this is first Peter chapter two, verse nine, but you are not like that for you are a chosen people. Mm. Very Exodus language there. Mm. You are Royal priests, a holy nation, God's very own possession. As a result, you can show others the goodness of God, for he called you out of the darkness into his wonderful light. Some translations say marvelous light. Yeah, that's right. And I love this verse because it condenses what's happening. We're going to get back to Exodus and, and read some of the stuff that's going on there. But it really condenses this idea of what it looks like to be a generation of priests. Because not only does it give its title which, you know, the children of Israel were given, but it also gives Job description. Job description, <laughs> that's right. Which, what, what does it say in your Bible? It says, uh, so that as a result, you can show others the goodness of God mm. because he called you out of the darkness into his marvelous light or wonderful light. Again, so we see this language here of the people becoming representatives of God. Um, and now, like, as they become representatives of God and they become a witness of God and the salvation that he can offer the world that really becomes the whole purpose of the nation, or at least it has to. Fully. It's the practical application of Christ in us, the hope of glory. That's right. That's right. And we see, and it's you made a really good point there, that it came before the law was given, because this would essentially contextualize the law. Mm -hmm. Everything that would come after that in terms of commands to the children of Israel, you know, uh, we look at the sanctuary service, we look at the Ten Commandments, we look at the, the, the laws of health. We look at the laws of hygiene, you know, we've been talking about how just, just briefly mentioning how quarantines and lockdowns have been something that have existed for a long time and that we see its origin right here in the Bible. 
um, mm. as the earliest, earliest known example of people, you know, practicing, uh, lockdowns, also, you know, practicing not, uh, living near their feces, which was a, something that, Many One of people, my favorite things. Yeah, it's, it's really, so you know. but it's something that like people didn't do all the way up until like literally like the 18th century. Fully, and I was actually just talking to one of my best friends about the amazingness of indoor plumbing. Yeah. You go to another country and the, you don't have it. When you come back, you're like, I love showers. <laughs> you know, like it's an amazing thing. Absolutely. And we get a lot of these laws and principles from the health laws and principles from the Bible. That's that right. Says. Yeah. But the... The underlying foundation is that those who would keep it, their description of their role in keeping that law would be that they would be a representative of God and the salvation that he offers the world. Ambassadors of Christ. That's right. That's right. So let's let's turn back the pages then. Going back. Old let's, Testament. Because this is going to really uh, give us some insight into what we've been talking about this week, what we've been talking about this quarter, we've been talking about rest. And so, again, if laws are given for rest in the Bible after this point, in the context that they are a royal priesthood and a royal nation— um, you know, a holy nation, those who represent God, well, then you would have to assume that the the laws given for rest would have some kind of evangelism, evangelistic uh, nature about them in that, you know, it's not just for a single people group, but for the whole world. 100%. And think about how evangelistic that would be, how enticing this would be. Mm. You're a slave. 24-7, your life has zero worth to your slave owners. Yeah. All you do is work, and when you can't work, they get rid of you. And then God comes along and says, hey, guess what? I'm going to give you rest. Yeah. Like, if I was a slave and nonstop working all the time, that's what I would want more than anything else. That's right. I don't even need the money. Keep the money, man. I, yeah. I don't need – I don't need – just give me a break. Mm. Give me a break from all the craziness that's happening around. And God is saying – you can have that rest in me. I yeah. will give you rest. But even furthermore, like you've got the the situation of slavery in Israel itself. But then if you look around to the rest of the world, you know, Israel on their way to Canaan is just stumbling into warfare after warfare, you know, tribal people with intense things going on. Like, you know, the, the world is not an easy place. No. But Ooh. what if, what if they had the ability to offer them rest? And it's like, well, we're going to see exactly what God says in this regard. Let's just read it now. Um, let's go to Exodus chapter 20. Um, classic. We've, we've read this passage a number of times. Exodus chapter 20. Let's read 8 through 11. All right, here we go. Exodus 20, starting in verse 8. Remember to observe the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. You have six days each week for your ordinary work. But the seventh day is a Sabbath day of rest dedicated to the Lord your God. On that day, one in no one in your household may do any work. Now, this includes your sons and daughters, your male and female servants, your livestock, and any foreigners living among you. That's a stranger within your gates. Mm. For in six days the Lord made the heavens, the earth, the sea, and everything in them. But on the seventh day he rested. That is why the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and set it apart as Holy. Oh, something that the lesson really draws out here is, is what's called the universality of the Sabbath. And we see that play out in two different ways here. And oh, we have a song right now. We're going to get back into it when we come back. I right can't now. wait to see how this plays out. Oh, dude, so lit. <laughs> You're listening to The Breakfast Show podcast on Faith FM. Positively different. 
So you were talking about universality, is that right, of the Sabbath? That's right. That's Give it right. to me. The what universality of the Sabbath and the way that we see it, is particularly in the Sabbath command here with Exodus chapter 20 and verse 8. Now, it was unfortunate that over time, particularly once we got down to the time of Jesus, that the Jews, their 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 personal status as God's royal priesthood, um, and their holy nation and God's holy nation, created barriers and divisions to the rest of the world, because and the Sabbath is a great reminder of this. That's not what it was supposed to be, as we've been talking about just now. Um, what their status as a royal priesthood and a holy nation was supposed to do was to be evangelistic, right. was to share that with the world, mm. um, was to be representatives of the salvation that God can give them and the blessings that God could give them. And that came through in every single one of their actions and every single one of the laws that they ab- ab- abided by. All of them was to be an example to the rest of the world of how good God is. Wow. You just made me think of some crazy thoughts there. We as a Seventh-day Adventist church, because I'm a pastor of the Seventh-day Adventist church, That's right. I am positive that many of us as church members use the Sabbath just like they did in ancient Israel as a barrier. But you're telling me that God wants us to use Sabbath as a bridge. Yes, and this is because the Sabbath is universal. And right here in the, um, right here in Exodus chapter 20, in the verse itself, it indicates how. The first way that it does, I'm going, to, I'm going to start with the second way and then go back to the first way because this, the second way is a little bit more obvious than the first way. The second way is that it says it's given at creation. Now, did Jewish people exist at creation? No. 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 <laughs> yeah. They, they didn't. No. Like, they, they were, were anti-Galuvian. They were in, in the eggs there. In the, it, dude, we're talking, this is thousands great, of years. Great grandma. But but yes, you're right. Like, yeah. like Judaism did not exist. There was none exist. of that. No, there was Adam and Eve. There, there was, was Adam only and Eve. humanity. It was Adam and Eve with God, and that Sabbath experience was universal for everyone. But, 100%. But secondarily here, we see in the commandment itself that it prescribes the Sabbath for the person keeping it, their male servant, their sorry, their son, their daughter, their male servant, their female servant, even the animals, as we mentioned, but also the stranger within their gates, that the stranger within their gates, when joining them, mm-hmm. the, it was and saying be blessed by it. that you would implore them to mm-hmm. keep the Sabbath with you. You you would say, hey, hey, listen, stranger within my gates, if I don't let you rest from your work and your labors, I don't, you know, maybe, maybe you've got someone from, you know, uh, Sidon or something helping you build a house. Yeah. You're an ancient, you're an ancient Israelite. You got someone. For, he, I'm feeling it right now. I feel like it right now. Yeah, I'm building a house. Get over here, man! Oh, not today. Building a house. You know, he's helping you. He's maybe you got some some contractors from out that way. They're helping you build build a wall around your house. The Sabbath comes. You are implored by the law of God to let those people keep the Sabbath. They are the strangers within your gates. You like God is literally like this is the law. Mm-hmm. You. Let them keep the Sabbath. Can't let you work in fact, it's almost like, Take hey, if they're straight, if they're in your, in your gates, you make them keep the Sabbath. Obviously, it's you know, it's a choice. Of course, that's it's their choice. But it's like you implore those around you to keep the Sabbath. Why? So that they can be blessed. Mm-hmm. Um, th- and this is the thing here is that the Sabbath, what would become a, a tool that was would create a barrier, was like, hey, no, I God was saying to them right here in the verse, I want people to experience experience my blessings. I want people to experience my blessings because through experiencing the blessings that God gives, it 
often leads to conversion. When we have that experience with him, where we can see the ways in which he can positively affect our lives. Now, there are many ways in which you can come to God. People come to God through harrowing trauma. Other people come to God through blessing. And he's saying, hey, if I want people to know me as a God who loves them, as a God who created them, the strangers within your gates, they'll keep the Sabbath day. They need to know. Yeah. As as someone who has not always kept the Sabbath mm. and coming into it, um, it's interesting because I hear people who are like fourth, fifth generation, quote unquote, Sabbath keeping church members, right? And the appreciation for the opportunity is is lost on some yeah. people. Like you don't understand how good it is to yeah. not be required to be a slave for somebody all the time. Like we, there's so many people out there doing the nine to five grind. Then they're doing their side hustle just to make things work. And every day, all day is just hustle, 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 trying to make ends meet. And there is such a blessing in Sabbath. Sabbath is almost, it's like a tithe of our time. Like mm-hmm. we return this to God. God owns all the time. We return this tithe. And then he opens the floodgates of heaven. We talk about this in Malachi chapter 3. And he poured out blessings in our life. When we mm-hmm. return this time to God and we say, this is already yours in the first place, but here, take this time of my life. And then God says, oh, I've been waiting for you to do this. Let me just pour out the blessings. And God works things out in a way in your life that are otherwise not possible when you're not returning that tithe of time. That's right. That's right. But also at the same time, like in in allowing others, to, in being an example of others of that, you yeah, you're you're allowing that them to have that same experience. Yeah, and and the last thing you want to be if you are a Sabbath keeper is being like, oh, I can't come to that game because it's on a Saturday. Yeah, you know? like oh, I can't do this because it's on on this day of rest. Like no, no, no. It's like hey, I get to spend time with my family. It's yeah. a blessing. Like the way we project our thoughts on Sabbath helps to uh, helps to navigate or to dictate that. Um, that narrative. Dude, you know? for real. Yeah. For real. And I can share just like, you know, if I can indulge myself and share my experience a little bit, like I, you know, when I was becoming a Christian in 2016, like that was, I was the stranger in people's gates, dude, on the Sabbath. <laughs> like I had made these new friends. I was a stranger in their gates. And I remember just having like the first opportunity to not be, you know, just plastered on a Friday night drunk, you know, to actually spend time with people like uh, my family at the time had just split up. I was Mm -hmm. experiencing broken fracture. Actually, I remember going over like when I first became like an Adventist, I went over to Lyle and Shell's house. I didn't even know them. Yeah, I'd go on to work for them the next year. But on the weekend, you know, around the Sabbath time, Harley, their son had invited me to come over, went over to their place and, and hung out. Like this was me experiencing family in my life at the time for like the first time in three years. Wow. And it was it was through the avenue of the Sabbath where I experienced, you know, family, the love of God, you know, the and this amazing blessing that was like the community firstly that I had around me, but secondarily just a rest from all my struggles and my worries that I was happening 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 in my life. So ultimately, you know, if I can if I can make any kind of appeal from this, guys, like you know people, you spend time with people. And I know that we're kind of in lockdown and it's it's a bit here nor there on how to really apply this in our day and age, um, specifically now. But, hey, dude, bring in the strangers in your gates. Like, let them keep the Sabbath with you. Like, really. We Share have, the rest. We have that opportunity. And, hey, if you're someone, if you're a stranger within the gates of the Sabbath... That's something that you haven't experienced. Like I employ, hey, get in contact with us, 0491 We'd love to 
send you on your way to some Zoom. Can we do hashtags? I'm going to do a hashtag. Oh. Hashtag share the rest. <laughs> oh, yo. Throw it up. Throw it up on Instagram. <laughs> Throw it on Facebook. Hashtag share the rest. Rest memes. 0491064669. Hashtag share the rest. Let's do this, people. Start a movement. That's right. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM. Positively different. That means it is now time for... Question of the day. Let's go, dude. What a bob. All right. Can you ask the question of the day? <laughs> Sorry, I was dancing. <laughs> you were. I was really into that. I was, that was, was the ski pole dance. Like oh, when yeah. you're going down the hill. Oh, yeah. So question of the day. Um, I'm just so pumped that that was in there. I was not prepared for that. And my heart is just jumping right now. Question of the day. God made man in his image. Does God look like man? If not... Then what that mean? Yeah, no, <laughs> what that's, that mean? What does that mean? <laughs> exactly. Yeah, that's, that's a fantastic question. I think that you know we we've answered some questions kind of related to this about the image of God. Recently, we answered one about whether God is female or or male, and and all these kinds of things. But I actually want to start answering this by pointing out the ways in which God does not look like man. Hit it. Okay, firstly, um, God created everything. I just want our listeners to visualize, I am pu- putting my fingers up for all these things, okay? Yeah, so, number okay. one. Number up. one, God is transcendent of time and space Boom. because he created it. Mm-hmm. Okay, number two, God is omnipotent, so he's all-powerful. <sighs> uh, the I'll next one, effects. God is um, omnibenevolent, so he is all-loving. Mm. Um, he is completely bent towards love. Um, thirdly, God is omniscient completely. Uh So he knows, he knows everything. Um, and like these amongst many other factors show us that God must be very different to us. Um, particularly, you know, the outside completely without sin. Yeah. Completely (laughs) without sin. Like he exists outside of time and space. Like, you know, so we're, we're dealing with And what with does that even mean? No one really knows. We don't Just even one, really yeah. know. Like, Let's it, have finite minds think about infinity. Right. You know, in, in our plane of reality, we can't conceive what God looks like because he's outside of it. So clearly, according to all those things, we are not like God. We so are different than God. what does this question mean? So, yeah. So then it's like, how are we the same? Actually, I think you had a good verse. I got a great verse for it. Yeah. Um, it is in John chapter 14, verse Uh, We're going to start in verse 8, and I'm just going to read from there. So, John chapter 14, verse 8, Bible says, Philip said, this is one of his disciples, Lord, show us the Father, and we will be satisfied, right? Kind of similar to this question. Mm -hmm. And then Jesus replied, have I been with you all this time, Philip, and yet you still don't know who I am? Anyone who has seen me has seen the Father, so why are you asking me to show him to you? Don't you believe that I am in the Father and the Father is in me? The words I speak are not my own, but my Father who lives in me does his work through me. Just believe that I am in the Father, and the Father is in me. Or at least believe because of the work you have seen me do. Oof. Okay? So when we're talking about God made, uh, when we're made in God's image, the things that we do Mm -hmm. um, can be very uh, much similar to uh, the description or help us to understand what the image of God is, right? And so when we look at Jesus, Jesus is actually saying, if you've seen me, you've seen who God is like, right? And so Jesus is the exemplification and the 
portrait of God's character in human form. And guess what? Jesus looked just like us. So I would say then that the character of, or well, the, the, the nature of God and what he looks like and his image is manifested in us via function. Mm. Um, because as we've noted before, like God being outside of time and space, not taking on any kind of form other than when he is inside of time and space and then us being in the image of, of, of that God. I think that like everything that has been created um, is in his image in a sense, because the functions and the forms that he has given it is just a manifestation of himself. But I think it's also specifically talking about human humans as well, because, and here's one of the, the key points here is, we can love and be loved. That's right. And I think that that's what differentiates us from the animal kingdom, from the coral reef, from <laughs> the polar uh, poles of the south and the yeah. north. You know, to be love and to love this capacity that we have as human beings, that's very unique. The animal kingdom doesn't have that. Mm, we have that same functional ability which is powerful stuff. Thanks for being a part of the Faith FM family. Join our community on Facebook or get in touch at 1-800-FAITH-FM.